Hey Pinkers, and welcome back to another episode of The Pink Show from the Sea Otter Classic. I'm Mike Levy. I'm here with Mike Casimir and Alicia Leggett. We're recording this in the Pink Bike booth, so expect some live sounds and background noise, but I think you all are pretty much used to the sound quality that we roll with around here anyway, so that's fine. Today, we're going to talk about some of the gear we've seen at Sea Otter, but first, Casimir, can you set the scene for me? Describe where we are, what this place looks like. Take take the take the listeners to Sea Otter for me. Yeah, we're in sunny Monterey, California, right on the Laguna Seca Raceway. So it's kind of just a big open field with sand and then a bunch of tents and booths and tons of bikes. Actually, tons of people too. I was here six months ago with Alicia and kind of checked out the pre-Sea Otter Sea Otter. That was the return of Sea Otter and that was pretty mellow, but this one is, it's pretty busy. There's a lot of people here, a lot of stuff going on, mm-hmm. lots to see. Can you, what, what does this place look like, Cass? So there's basically like a whole bunch of different circle, circles of exhibitors. So you get everything from some guy selling Dippin' Dots, the ice cream of the future. To Wait, what? <laughs> Hold up. Yeah. What's a Dippin' Dot? I think they use like liquid nitrogen maybe to make the ice cream into a little dot. And then they put it in a bowl and then they sell it to you for way too much money because it's really hot out. Wow. Yeah. Jeez, I've, I've only been having like four of those Thai iced teas every day. I think I need to mix it yeah, up. Yeah, you need some Dippin' yeah, Dots. I'm, I'm going to head over there after yeah. this. Yeah. So there is food and drink and stuff, but there's also a bunch of like every bike company of all sizes. So you have the little people that are making things in the garages all the way up to, you know, like Canyon is here and SRAM has a big setup specialized. So the big, the big dogs are there too. And basically you just can wander around. It's open to consumers. So it's not just an industry trade show. There's people that just want to check out the latest bike stuff. There's a bunch of races happening too. Mm-hmm. We've got like Tom Bradshaw out there doing every single race ever on one bike. So. He's also camping. He's camping too, yeah. And I think he's doing the e-bike race on not an e-bike and the cross-country bike or cross-country race on a Common Saw Meta TR. So this should be some good stuff from him. He's just out there doing his thing. He's such a good sport. Yeah, it's great. He doesn't even yeah. mind. Yeah. yeah. So stay tuned for those videos, everybody. There's also a lot of interesting people walking around here that have some interesting garage made bikes and things like that eh? yeah these are the kind of shows you, you know we're walking around covering the show and you'll get somebody tapping on the shoulder kind of coming to a skid stop in front of you and they want to show you what they've come up with some of the things are interesting and maybe the future and other things i don't know if they're the future but they're like chatting with people and seeing what they've come up with yeah yeah exactly alicia how's the how's the show been for you so far the show's been good i mean kind of like kaz was saying there's a lot of wandering around saying hi to people and avoiding say to, saying hi to people sometimes too there's um, a lot of fake conversations in, with your telephone and staring <laughs> at your shoes is what you're saying, right? <laughs> you know, I try to keep my phone in my pocket for the most part. Yeah. Silent and black and white, you know, yeah. as you well, do. The so. thing is, for us here, we are basically not running, but we're sort of like rushing around looking for stuff. And mm-hmm. we're going into booths. Actually, why don't you tell us, like, how, how does this work for a tech editor at Sea Otter, Alicia? Yeah, so I've been spending a lot of time just walking around trying to look at things that I haven't seen before and ask companies what they're up to, kind of also meet the people, build a little bit of a relationship with them since I don't know all the people from all the companies like Casimir does. So it's been cool just people watch, dog watch a little bit, bike watch. Have you seen some dogs? I saw this amazing long-haired dachshund in a backpack earlier today. I was pretty excited. I had to elbow everyone out of my way and just rush right through. Excuse me, I need to do a dog check. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, essentially, yes. The guy told me it wasn't his dog and I, felt like maybe I should leave because it was a bit much. At least you're just creeping up, just getting awkward. <laughs> I'm from Pink Bike. Can right. I pet your dog? <laughs> Pink Bike, the right amount of awkward. <laughs> I feel like that is an accurate, an accurate yeah, yeah. description I mean, of what we're doing. It is the tagline for the Bellingham chapter of yeah. Pink Bike, which is Casimir and myself at yeah. this point. Taking that on. That's, uh, I think that's accurate. It, it feels yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. I right. can inhabit that role. Yeah. Kaz, what have, you, what have you seen out there that's caught your eye? I saw that you wrote about a pretty neat 
steel high pivot bike with an idler i think it had what is, what is yeah. that thing so uh we've seen it before we've covered it a couple times on pink bike it's uh evan, i haven't seen it <laughs> i know it's okay you don't need to read all the articles <laughs> so evan turpin it's his bike company uh contra cycles or contra bikes so he basically made this thing it's a steel high pivot um creation kind of an enduro bike so i think current geometry is somewhere 63.5 head angle like 164 165 mil rear travel 170 mil fork but it just looks amazing just Lots of machine parts, huge idler pulley on it. Um, super interesting, and it was great. I'd never met Evan in person before, so I got to chat with him. And we're actually going to get that bike in for our next field test. I think we're working. Oh, really? Yeah. So I try to get wow. to ride that thing because it just looks. I just want to try it. So I was like, well, we'll test it and put it. Yeah. We're not talking field tests for this podcast, but we've got some interesting bikes <laughs> yeah. for this next one. This next one's <laughs> going to be good. Like we're not going to reveal all the bikes, but I do want to have some kind of out there ones and i think that'll be something different yeah. to mix up because we're gonna have the regular or i'll say regular but you know the bigger mainstream companies their carbon fiber stuff but we're gonna have a couple steel bikes in it some aluminum bikes so i'm excited so it's great to meet evan um he was also at the ext booth that's where this bike was on display so i got to meet, Fra meet franco from ext he's their technical director and i could probably talk to franco for hours we didn't get the chat for that long but that guy's developed f1 suspension and he was just here he was telling me the last time he was here was for the moto gp race here at laguna so he knows some stuff about some things, so yeah. it, was, it was yeah. really cool. Is that Contra, is he going to be making a bunch of those for sale? I thought it was like a sort of one-off. No, he's going to make them for sale. Yeah, it sounds like talking to him, he's just kind of finishing the final little bits and pieces. You know, it's it, bikes have so many little tiny things that it seems easy, but if you need the pivot bolt, they have to source a bunch of them or just a little machine parts. So I think he's kind of figuring out the final steps so he can make sure he has enough parts to assemble more than one bike. Mm -hmm. So. He's in that final stage, but it's getting pretty close. So hopefully maybe in the summer, later in the summer, you could purchase one. Yeah. yeah. And for, for people that might recognize that name, Evan Turpin, he's a X racer, quite yeah, quick. Yeah, he's a quick uh, X downhill racer. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so he just kind of, a few years ago, he started making some things. He's, there was another bike, not this one, his first bike, he just kind of made more for, him, for himself. And then I think he realized he could kind of turn it into hopefully a little small bike company. So yeah, yeah kind of a neat story. Yeah, I, I poke a lot of fun at high pivot bikes with idlers and all that sort of stuff but man this thing is gorgeous it ass. looks really cool yeah okay. those steel tubes all right alicia we just talked about a absolutely stunning high pivot custom made enduro bike what have you seen out there that's just as interesting as that there's some interesting ones I not mean that dog uh, why can't I talk about the dog lady? I mean, that's what I want. We'll do that after the podcast. I'll talk about the hardtail I saw with the six degree head angle adjust headset. What? Which was a lot of degrees, you know? That's many that's degrees. How does that? Six, in fact. How does that, how big is the head tube to allow for that much? Pretty large, yeah. It's on a custom made hardtail. I'm going to keep details scarce. I don't want to talk shit about someone too much. Like, it's intriguing. I haven't ridden a bike that looked anything like that one ever. It was yeah. actually a really short bike. Um, it looked like the top tube was really short, but then you have the front wheel way out in front. So pretty intriguing to look at. Pretty interesting to see the guy ride on. What's his goal with that thing? Is it a test thing to see what works or does he believe? Slacking it the fuck out. I don't know. I mean, that's I a lot of adjustment. That's a lot. That I mean, that yeah. means you go from 62 to 68, which is two very different bikes. Quick mental yeah. math yeah. by Kazuma. I'm a genius at math. <laughs> <laughs> Plus six. Uh, that's about the limits of what well, I can add. It was the other direction. It was more like 68 to 62, but... Oh yeah, well, but wasn't it part of the frame? Like he made the whole frame designed to have this reach angle adjust thing? Um, it was a custom made frame. I don't know what came first though, the frame or the idea of six degrees. Right. Uh, so yeah. hard to say, but, but Was it kind of, I thought I saw a picture. I didn't really dig too close. Was the almost like how Gorilla Gravity has a thing in their head tube that kind of flips around? Is that how they accomplish no. it? Or is it something else I'm thinking of? 
I didn't look too closely either, okay. so I don't think it was that, but I'd give it a chance. Hey, there's yeah. a guy taking pictures of us. We're like a zoo got here. a little <laughs> peace sign from Levy. I For also, Levy, when you're talking, I really appreciate the number of air quotes you give. Just, I don't know if you're expecting it to come through your voice or what, well, but just to paint a picture for everyone. I'm a bit of a hand talker. I like to throw my hands around, knock uh -huh, things over uh -huh. while I'm talking and, and that sort of thing. And yeah, just so people know. We're, we're recording this in the PB inflatable tent that also doubles as a... Shelter? A hideaway. A, a human cooking <laughs> element sauna. right now. So we're, we're kind of sweating our balls off in here. People it's a sauna. Are, people pay for that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. What else, what else have you seen besides super adjustable... Hardtails. I mean, there's the guy with the pretty tall stem yesterday. That was. Um, maybe... Is that the same guy? It's like a stem that's like eight or nine inches tall oh, yeah. and zero reach. Yes. Yeah, like... that has reverse offset actually too, so oh. it's back. So you could negative reach. I feel like your reach would be short. Why don't, if you install this, your reach would be really, really short by the time you're done. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty interesting to see. Again, things that I don't necessarily have my mind too made up about. I think it's really cool that people are out there just living out their wildest dreams. Yeah. And I'm really intrigued by those people. It's so cool that people have an idea of something that, I mean, a little like the Grim Donut, but without Pink Bike backing it. <laughs> I mean, these are people who, I don't know much about their backstory, but they just decide they want something and they make it themselves, which I have a ton of respect for, even yeah. if I wouldn't necessarily ride those bikes. Definitely. Oh yeah, there's gotta be something said for that, for the people that just go out and do that. And we, we talked a little bit at the start of this about some of the people walking around with some wild, looking homemade creations. Kaz, have you seen that gold bike rolling around? It's like a steel version of an enduro. No, I haven't seen that. He's that been, sounds good. Yeah, he's been to the booth a few times, but we've been busy, but we're, yeah. we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to good. grab that guy. One of the more interesting things that I've seen would probably be the two new-ish We Are Ones. So everybody knows mm -hmm. about the 152 millimeter travel We Are One. So now they're doing two other options. It's still the same front triangle and rear triangle, but different shocks and linkages, which kind of neat. But I think the, the real story here is people who already own that original arrival with 152 mils of travel, they can pick up the links and the shock so they can completely transform their bike uh, if they want to ride something different for a season. It's obviously not something you're going to do right away, but have you been over to look at those things, Cass? Yeah, I checked them out. It seems interesting. Like, I think it'll be more interesting when you can buy a complete bike, when you could just say, you know, go to We Are One and say, I want the 130 bike or the 17, just kind of pick it pre-made. But it does make sense. And it's kind of cool for the people that already own a We Are One. They do get more options now, which I'm always like, I guess I'm a little skeptical sometimes about how many people are actually doing, like swapping your bike over to different travels. You know, Nobody. Like, you right. have to buy another fork. It's yeah. a huge change. Well, you don't have to buy a new fork with them because all the original bikes all came with a 36, so you can just buy a different air spring. Oh, clever. Yeah, but it's still not something you're going to do like every ride, you know? So it's not a, it's not like a quick adjustment, but it's it's interesting, and I think it's cool that they're having more options. But I'd imagine in the future, it would just make sense that they would actually offer a complete 130, 152, and a 170. Like, you yeah. would buy that whole bike. But that's not, it doesn't, there's no timeline on that yet, it didn't sound like. Yeah. yeah. I think there is something to be said, though. I mean, people do move sometimes, and... Mm -hmm say you live in Bend, Oregon, and then you move to Bellingham and suddenly it's steeper. It could be a one-time thing. Like suddenly that bike looks like it has much better value if you're complaining about the price for the one bike you get and suddenly you don't have to buy a new bike. Yeah, like, It's kind of intriguing just to see those options out there. Yeah, Even yeah. if most people won't use it most days, some people will use it some days. And yeah. That's kind of cool. I think that's a 
a really good point. It's it's not something that you would like. You're not going to have another fork around or be changing your air spring on your fork like you know every third weekend or something for yeah. wherever you're. Or maybe you are. I don't know. More power to you. Tinker. Yeah, more power to you if you are. But it is. It makes way more sense for somebody that's bought a a super expensive bike and they're moving from one place to some place that's entirely different. Mm -hmm. Speaking of we are one, Kaz, I saw a shock over there and I took a photo of it and they were like, don't take a photo of it. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> what, what's going on with that shot, Cass? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure what you're talking about. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's been a shock. No photos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there, there is a rock shock shock out there. I think we have seen that thing being used on, in races and stuff. Before. Yeah, yeah. Back in 2021, we've had pictures of it in the black box version. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it looks like a, it's got a different layout with the dials and stuff, but we don't actually know any information on it, but it looks like RockShox is coming out with, with something soon. Suspension. Do you guys see anything new out there for suspension? Yeah. There was that EXT AirShock kind of in the in person, basically. Uh, we've seen same thing. We've seen teaser shots floating around a couple different versions. And this one, it basically has two positive air chambers. So two, uh, two Schrader valves. And ones we've seen before, the Schrader valves were almost like in line with each other. And this one has them um, sitting next to each other, kind of parallel, like a different, basically a different layout. And talking with the EXT, they've just been trying to make sure that this shock, when it does come out, um, is going to fit as many frames as possible. Like it's always kind of hard to fit, make sure you can actually get your shock pump on the Schrader valve um, to, to inflate it. So they're kind of figuring out how that's going to work. They're you know talking with different manufacturers and making sure it will fit. But yeah, I've never seen one in person. Looks like it's going to have all the adjustments that their other ones have. What's with those dual positive air valves? What's um, going on? Explain basically, it. it'll allow you so you won't need to use uh, bottomless tokens or any kind of like, oh, like volume reducer. Yeah, exactly. It's like the fork. So you can kind of adjust the feel of it. Um, you know, have your adjust kind of your end stroke ramp up feel or how much you know, mid stroke support you have and as well as how supple it is in the beginning of the travel. Yeah. So extra adjustable and kind of lockout on it. I think it more than likely will have some sort of hydraulic bottom out uh, feature too. That's yep. what's on the coil shock. So could be pretty cool when it comes out but again it's still in development and there's no no real timeline yet yeah do you remember riding that manitou matic that had that was the first fork that i used with an adjustable hydraulic bottom out feature they call mm -hmm. it hbo yeah um and it was super effective yeah it's really neat yeah i've got the i've tried the let's see the new e-storia so ext's coil shock the e-storia i've been riding that for a bit and that has a hydraulic bottom out and it's sweet yeah like, it does make a difference it's adjustable especially if you have a bike that's not super progressive and you want to run a coil spring it's really neat if your coil shock has that as a feature but i've been riding um, on an air shock it's pretty cool too i think i think it's good for for all bikes it just helps you not have that harsh like harsh bottom out feel yeah yeah so well kaz has been walking around taking photos of all this cool shit new high pivot steel enduro race bikes and crazy new shocks alicia you've been on clothing duty oh <laughs> we're, we're all very appreciative that you're doing that but what have you seen that's interesting and new I mean, honestly, a lot of companies are not releasing new clothing right now. A bunch of people put out new stuff in the fall. Teal seems to be trending. Just want to say that. <laughs> yes. 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 So Teal's back. Yeti doesn't own it anymore. It's on all the clothing, as it turns out. And I mean, that's cool. I uh, I got some denim overalls yesterday. That's pretty sweet. That you're, that's, for people that don't know, you're a bit of a, you, you like your overalls, I like. you? I'm a bit of what? I, I, an overall person. <laughs> overall aficionado? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I like overalls, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to wear them way too much. They are high performance denim, which let's put some air quotes around that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm intrigued. I don't know. I wore them to dinner last night. It worked out great. I can't say it's really covering bike industry news, but. No. It's yeah. good to keep people up to date on the latest overall trend. Latest yeah. overall trend. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, well, Pac is here. Pac has their waterproof overalls on display. So oh, yeah. Actually, I mean, I have a pair of those too. Yeah. I like my denim ones even more. How many overalls do you have? I just, before uh, we move on, I just three. Three, okay. Three, yeah. I, I, Kaz, You've how many overalls do you have? Uh, just one. Oh, you do have one. I have the Pac waterproof the overalls. One. They're really good. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm sort of like poking fun, but maybe this is a thing like years ago, Kaz, I used to poke fun about pants. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I was like, why would you <laughs> ride in pants? That's super weird. Uh huh. Yeah. But now, like, it's super weird when I ride in shorts. I'm like, my legs are naked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so maybe this overall thing, I'm going to mm -hmm. have to get a pair and, and see. Yeah, I mean, you come back from a ride and you're all muddy and you just take off the overalls. It's a single piece of clothing that yeah. pretty much catches all the mud. So that's kind of handy. Yeah, yeah, maybe in the summertime, you just ride overalls, no shirt. That could be a thing. Oh. <laughs> all that ventilation on the sides. Like, <laughs> that is that perfect. Could be it. <laughs> yeah, that's my plan, too. That's a look. That's a look. Uh -huh. <laughs> Another thing that I saw out there that actually I was super surprised by a lot of times when something is going to be displayed here that's going to be seen for the first time a lot of times we already know about this like we're, we're in communication with the company we probably already know the details you know things like that Alicia I was walking by the exclusion booth and I just looked in and they had a wireless electronic dropper that they didn't even yeah, tell anybody about that is amazing yeah, just quietly so like hey cool. we made this oh yeah Andrew was like oh we got this thing over here if you want to look at it I'm like dude what the hell are you doing like call me tell me about this uh -huh. this is amazing did you did you guys go have a look mm. at it I haven't gotten to play with it yet. No. no. How is it? Does it look? It looks pretty neat. Yeah. yeah. So it uses a removable battery that you can get from a battery store. Battery store. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, I think you could get it from like a hardware store or anything you like that. get it from a place, everyone. Yeah, a place. You, you could get it from a, it looks like a small, a really small C-cell battery. Okay. And it, it just slides in underneath the seat post head and you don't have to remove the battery to charge like you do with Axis mm -hmm. dropper posts. You can, there's a little charging port of some kind underneath there. So you just have to have an outlet really close to where you keep your bike. Yeah. Okay. You don't, but you could take the post out because it's wireless. So you could just oh, take the whole post handy. inside. I mean, Smart or you could just take the battery cause... off. If yeah. You wanted. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But if you, you can charge it though, you said the charging port's on the post. Yeah. yeah so if you yeah. took the post off and brought it into your yeah. place. Yeah. Yeah. You could. Makes you, sense. De you definitely could do that. Yeah. For sure. And you could be cool. Walk around with your wireless dropper post. Is that there. cool? It's real cool. It could probably huh. sit like in your overalls. You could, like if your overalls have like a belt loop, you know, like 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 a construction workers have the hammer loop. I have a pair of overalls that have the hammer loop. Yeah, so you yes. can put your wireless dropper post in there when you walk. Back to overalls. <laughs> what are we doing on this podcast? <laughs> anyway, I saw some bikes too. Tell me, tell me about some know? bikes that you Orange saw. Orange has a linkage-driven single pivot as opposed to a normal single pivot. I know. So small step, I guess, but a step in a direction that I didn't see coming. So that's neat. There's also, also space for a water bottle. Yeah, that's so what I was gonna say. everyone's going to be hydrated as fuck. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. That seems like a good thing. Everyone says stay hydrated. We're all very sunburned here and probably very dehydrated. So I haven't maybe. had a glass of water in four days. I'm <laughs> worried about you. I look like funny. Yeah. Your skin is leathery. <laughs> yeah. So all of us, just to paint a little bit of a picture, we're all very northwest, northern, I guess. We're northern. We're folks. very red now. Yes. We're all very red. Yeah. I we, feel like I'm a little redder than you. Yeah, you're not as good at the sunscreen. Maybe extra red. <laughs> I've been hiding most of today. I do look like I have a sunburn now. I just checked. I think I'm sunburned. I, I want to go back to that orange sunburned. for a second because uh -huh. I think that's pretty interesting. Like they've they've done linkage bikes in the past under the strange name, and they I think they've sold some, but it's never been like a big thing that they've done. And now they have a a bike with a it's a linkage activated single pivot, but they also have all these other single pivots. So. My question to those guys when I was over there was, aren't you worried about like, this new bike with the linkage kind of invalidating these other bikes? Everybody just assumes that the linkage bike is going to be better. And I mean, they made a good case that 
the bikes ride differently. And there's a lot of single pivot bikes out there still that work really well. And I, I mean, we're going to get an orange into test. I think, Cash, we're going to get that. I think so. I think we should. It's been a while. It looks interesting. And it holds a water bottle now. So I think it, it qualifies for, for some testing. So we'll get one in. Because I'm always curious. They're such a polarizing brand. Yeah. You know, they're easy to make fun of just because they have been sticking with the same design for so many years. The pinkers are savage. They're real mean to them. Because, you know, you can make all the, the cabinet and gates and all those kind of jokes that you want. But, like, I want to get one in the flesh and yeah. actually ride it and see. Because the numbers, geometry numbers and stuff seems really yeah. modern. and. It's brand new, so we'll get one in and test it out. Yeah. Another, another thing that I want to say about Orange before we move on is these guys are such good sports. Like, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. we, we joke around a lot, especially on the podcast. We make fun of things and we you know, we write stuff. We're joking around yeah. and, and that stuff, too. And sometimes people get upset. Orange, those guys are great. Yeah. They were just happy. Like, they didn't. Yeah, we walked over there, obviously, after the article went out. So sometimes that's when an article goes out and the comments take a turn for the uh the more making fun of a brand, you, you kind of wonder if they're going to get some, give you some stink eye, but those guys are awesome and they're just super receptive and just kind of excited to make new bikes. So I just think the fact that they still exist, I mean, that kind of proves your point about like, they're not going to be irrelevant. The single pivot isn't going to be made obsolete by the linkage driven single pivot because there's so many bikes out there that if the single pivot was, you know, yeah. not going to last, people would already buy those bikes and stop buying oranges. People still buy oranges. Yeah. So I, I bought three of them. Mm -hmm. You know, years and years mm -hmm. ago, yeah. but I owned a 222 and a 223 and a yeah. 224, and guess what? They work just fine. I mean, Question, pretty much every. Would you, oh. would you buy one in 2022 if uh, you were going to buy a bike? Would I buy an orange? Well, I mean, it, the, the one with the linkage fits a bottle, so that is a mm -hmm. possibility for sure. I personally would never buy a bike that I can't fit a bottle on. It's not the single pivot. I have no problem with single pivot bikes. People forget we test and review single pivot bikes all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, pretty much every motorcycle is a single pivot yeah, in the whole world. It's fine. I know there's like different physics things going on there and well, it's not, I don't want to sound too stupid. So yeah. we don't go too deep into that, <laughs> but, but the science big, guys, right? The big thing for me is just the water bottle. And now that this bike can hold a bottle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Um, I would consider it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it checks all the boxes for what a bike is supposed to do now that it has the water bottle. I think it would be interesting to see how it rides compared to just a standard single pivot and also compared to all the other bikes with, you know, one or a million linkages out there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's definitely something to be said for that simplicity. Kaz, you yeah. didn't answer the question. Would you buy an orange? I don't know. I've never ridden one still. I've never ridden an orange. So that's one reason we're going to get one into test because, yeah, like they don't they're not that common in North America. I feel like every Brit has ridden one and yeah. has mm -hmm. that's why they're strong opinions because they either love them or hate them. Like there's no in between with orange. Like all you know, half the British people think they're the best thing ever and the other half yeah. don't think they're the best thing. So I'm going to try one out and see. We can't let Henry test it. He's not allowed to. No, he's too British to be on it. Like, we need a neutral party, so I think we're going to let the North Americans take this one on, and then we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Alicia, you went to Cannondale as well. What's going on yeah. over there? Yeah, so Cannondale, yesterday there was a first look of their new e-mountain bike published that I wrote um, just about. They have two new e-mountain bikes. It's kind of an expansion of their Motera Neo line, and they have one that's 150 mil travel and one that's 165 using Bosch's most powerful motor and also largest battery. So they're kind of putting themselves firmly into the more powerful side of the e-mountain bike trend. So interesting to see. And I think they did it pretty well from not having ridden the bike yet. I think they did it pretty well. Do they look better than the previous Cannondale e-bike? Yes. I mean, yes. the bar wasn't set very high there. Yeah. So. <laughs> they have some interesting colorways. I'm kind of curious to see the reception, um, but yeah. Some look really clean. Some look really flashy. Yeah. They look decent. You yeah. know, I'll always have a soft spot for Cannondale because they do different, interesting 
things. I know they're not mm-hmm. like the coolest brand out there, but they're doing interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They make lefty forks. I mean, right? what? Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. And, and wild. This, yeah. And this one was funny because the comments for this one, people, there was people complaining that it's another full powered e-bike mm-hmm. as if companies can't make different yeah. other e-bikes. And you know, like I mean, whenever it's, it's, it's like, good to have another full powered e-bike. Right. And then they can still make the lightweight e-bike if they want to. Mm-hmm. I think people get, forget that it not companies don't just have not one bike. It's usually exclusive. Like, yeah. So I don't, I was, I was surprised how many people were like, I want the lightweight e-bike. And I bet that'll come eventually. Yeah. And it's interesting too. There aren't that many full powered e-bikes out there. Are there mm. like not which, enough to feel like it's saturated? Which kind of e-bike is growing the most? Is full power or the lightweight ones? I don't know. I, like I, I see more full powered ones. Yeah. yeah, I bet it depends where you live. You know, some people want the bike to feel more like a uh, like a regular mountain bike, and that's those lighter lighter weight ones like a uh, Levo SL or the Orbea mm-hmm. Rise. But then there's a lot of full power ones that just let you like bang out lap after lap. They feel more like downhill bikes, and it's just really personal preference. It's like. That's why companies make downhill bikes and cross-country bikes. I feel like the e-bike world, you'll start seeing full-power bikes and then the not-full-power bikes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Alicia, you did something else with Cannondale, though, didn't you? Oh, yeah. This morning I went by. They had a DEI, so a diversity, equity, and inclusion panel, which is pretty interesting. I went by because a good friend of mine was on the panel, but also it was really cool to hear them break down. So they had four different people on the panel talking about physical disability, racial equality, sexism all like you know all manner of inclusion in the bike industry and just hearing them have the space to break down proactively like or not actually proactively retroactively realistically but break down just how we as an industry can be better it's cool to hear i appreciated it i appreciate that those conversations are happening yeah there's definitely a lot of room for those conversations to be had yeah well (laughs) there's a lot of need for those conversations to be had i don't know if there's a lot of room yet room is in need um yes room is in need yeah not as in space being created yes exactly yeah exactly Kaz, let's move on to some tires continental's got some brand new tires yeah, lots of new tires, kind of strange names like Cryptotol or Xylitol. I don't even yeah. Sounds like, it sounds like a drug I'm supposed to be yeah. taking that I'm Off not taking. Yeah, the top of my head, like I'm having trouble recalling <laughs> the names because they're a little strange. I'm sure once I see them a few more times, I might remember them. But yeah. um, Sebastat actually had those over in the UK. So he had the review up when they launched, but then uh, Continental has them here on display as well. But yeah. they look pretty good, just holding them in my hand and checking them out. Tread patterns look you know, pretty tall and aggressive. They've got different casings and different compounds. So you can pick, you know, sticky, medium, sticky, not as sticky. So depending on your needs. Um, and then, you know, same thing, downhill casing, more reinforcement, all the way to enduro casing or trail casing. Do they still offer the Durbaron? Do you remember how good that tire was? That was a good tire. They didn't mention it and they were, they're just hyping up their new tires. So I'm not sure where that one yeah. is gonna stay, but that Durbaron was good. But like one thing you probably remember from that, a lot of like the, the Continental tires in the past had that kind of wooden feel, like they're kind of stiff. The Durbaron yeah. was good in soft conditions, you know, it was really muddy. But what they've done with these new ones, they say they worked really hard to make the casing feel more supple. Yeah. So you're not just getting jarred around as much. I mean, that was like a 3000 gram tire, so. That too, yeah. And they're, they're, <laughs> they're so heavy. Yeah, their weights look pretty reasonable too. Like even their downhill casing tires are kind of in line with the weight of some other companies enduro casing tires. So yeah. it could be interesting. Pretty sure there's a fog horn going yeah. off now. So I'm not sure I how that's that gonna go. A, I think it's the start of a concert. <laughs> oh, nice, yeah. I think we yeah. Got- Typical pig bike Music podcast fashion. Yeah. I'm sure that something is going to bu- about to go south. Yeah, yeah. Or north. It's going to be great. Yeah, it could be. It's going to be great, guys. Yeah. It's like inspiration for the pink bike band. Right. That's yeah, true. Band. What instrument would you play in the pink oh, bike band? Oh God, I didn't mean to start this conversation. Yeah, no, it's, we're doing it. I grew up playing a lot of instruments actually, so oh. flute is the one that I would probably be most competent on still. It's been a few years since I really took it seriously, but 
Man, I grew up playing accordion, violin, accordion. Piano. Oh yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, our I, band. Yeah, our yeah. band is pretty sort, sorted out. Last night at dinner, we all talked about it, and our newest videographer apparently is an amazing pianist. Yeah. So we have piano and Stephen. he can sing. Yeah. Okay. Stefan, yeah. yeah. Stefan's solid on the piano. Sounds like. Yeah. Kaz is gonna get a theremin. Can It'll I, be good. Can I play the harmonica? Definitely. I don't know how to yeah. play it, but I yeah. have. Some. I have multiple. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. You're good. Okay. I'm just I gonna make to, loud noises. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I had a lot of eclectic interests growing up. Circus stuff alongside the accordion. Circus. Like, anyway, you, moving I, on. I always, okay, wait. I <laughs> yeah. always feel like Alicia is in a circus and she doesn't want to tell I know, us. No, yeah. Were you on the road in the circus when you were a kid? <laughs> um, pretty close, honestly. Really nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway. All right. I'm not what? even going to tell you guys about my birds. I have birds. Uh, you were... probably should tell us how many birds do you have? Oh, two. Well, I don't have birds. I had. Okay. The what names were birds? Charlie and Rainbow Cloud. Nice. They were both cockatiels. Oh. I named them when I was. On the younger side. Uh -huh. You do have a bit of a bird fetish. I'm really into birds, but I mean, they fly. Why wouldn't? That's true. I'm kind of questioning anyone who isn't super into birds. Like, Would conversation you say should birds, end there. They fly. Birds are your other hobby? We're taking a real left turn on this fucking podcast. <laughs> no, paragliding is my other hobby. Like, fly, flight is my yeah, other trying hobby. Trying to be a bird. You're trying to be a bird <laughs> yeah, as yeah. your other hobby. Yeah, and they're just so fucking good at it. They're yeah, really like, good. It's going to be a whole lifetime of trying to catch up and fly like a fraction as well as a dumb bird. Anyway, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we all have heat stroke here. We're all, we're all just struggling. Oh, about so sunburned. <laughs> well, before we get out of here, I want to know what you guys are looking forward to for the remaining two days of the Sea Otter show. Kaz? Probably more Dippin' Dots. Those are all right. Also, <laughs> drinks like, like Thai iced tea, Thai yeah, Thai tea. shade. I had a watermelon drink. <laughs> <laughs> Staying hydrated. I'm surprised the first thing you said wasn't that the weather forecast says it will cool down. Oh, I'm excited for that. I just don't believe it because it's hot. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's really this this show has been kind of neat because it seems like there's a lot more optimism now than mm -hmm. even you know before COVID and all that stuff. Sometimes you go to trade shows and people seem kind of a drag. I'm like, oh yeah, here we are again. But having the almost two year gap between a, a show of this scale, I feel like everybody's a lot more excited and happy. I like that. Yeah. Like it's mm -hmm. nice to go to people's booths and they just want to talk with you. And even if we're not covering anything, just to kind of catch up and see what everybody's been up to. So. Yeah, I'd say overall, like the optimism at this show has been really cool. And I yeah. wish they could all be this, like people could be this excited all the time and this happy because even though I wouldn't consider myself like Mr. Super Positive. <laughs> Next trade show that we go As to, we're I expect everyone could be you happy. to be super yeah, positive. <laughs> it makes me more positive when these people are positive too. So yeah. yeah, it is infectious. It's really great to walk around and see everyone. And I mean, I even, I haven't been in the bike industry for all that long. And I feel like every 10 minute task I try to do turns into 40 minutes of yeah trying to walk somewhere and stopping and chatting with people it's just pleasant like yeah it's agree. good to see people yeah. yeah exactly yeah chris chris reichel from revel was here just mm -hmm. before you guys showed up and we were talking about that thing he he made a good point he says people don't have trade show burnout yeah anymore mm -hmm. like yeah. people are here and everyone's like super excited everyone's got new stuff to show and yeah it's been a, a general positive vibe today's friday so yeah. tomorrow is saturday and that's the day that it's going to get really busy with the consumers and all that stuff so it's going to be a bit hectic tomorrow. Are you guys going to watch the duel or any races that go on? Duel slalom is always fun to watch. I think Matt Beer's doing it and Tom Bradshaw. Oh, so we've yeah. got some people we got to oh, bet wow. on and we see how that goes. Make signs. Probably yes. do some heckling. Yes. Yeah. New course. I think Kyle Strait designed the course. It looks mm -hmm. nice and smoother. Sometimes there's looks, some corners that look blown yeah. out, but this year it looks good. So I, I was, mean, to be fair, last year was a really low bar. Yeah. So the course is better than last year Definitely. by a lot. Yeah. I was talking to Matt and I, I really wanted him to do the slalom on the new donut, the new Grim Donut. Oh, yeah. 
but we had a little snafu at the border and the board, <laughs> poor Trevor spent like nine hours at the border with these two donuts oh, no. and he ended up having to leave them at the border. Yeah, the borders are not allowed into America. They're, they're currently trapped by customs, so hopefully we can get them back. But yeah. I didn't make it, so there's no donut slalom. But, the Grim uh, Donut's so good, it's illegal in the U.S. Yeah, exactly. Right. I tell you what, it wouldn't be very good at slalom. No. Although the bottom bracket is real low. Yeah. <laughs> Straight down the course. Right through the yeah. cones. It won't All right. turn. We're going to wrap this up because I know you guys got to get out there. You got appointments and stuff. I got to get to the media center where the AC is and where those ice cream things that you're talking about are, Kaz. So stay tuned for more podcasts and coverage from Sea Otter 2022.